before I was a Christian, I was uh, pretty much a, a wild man for a couple of years at the University of Georgia, and that was my nickname. But when I met the Lord, that changed. And one of the first things I did was commit myself to memorizing scripture. I didn't know the Bible. Now, I was arguing against it, putting it down, like many people do that don't know the Lord. But once I came to know the Lord, I wanted his word in my heart. And when I'd go to work at, a, at the steel company, I'd always on my welding shirt, I'd, in my pocket, I'd keep a little memory verse so I could work on it. Pretty soon other people were asking me, what are you doing? I said, I'm memorizing scripture. They said, will you give me one? And I started doing that. One of the first verses that I memorized was from Joshua, the first chapter. And it says, this book of the law shall not depart out of your mouth, but you shall meditate on it day and night and be careful to do all that is written therein. Then you'll make your way prosperous and you'll enjoy good success. Be strong and courageous. Be strong and courageous. Don't be discouraged. For the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. Now that was a good verse for a young man. A good verse for anybody. It was a good verse for Joshua because that was the word of the Lord to him. And what I want to speak about today is obedience. Obedience is very popular to speak about today. People don't want to obey much of anything today. It's part of our culture, isn't it? But obedience is important. And what I've written down here is obedience, the key to the victorious life. Now, I'm not going to take a long time saying what i got to say, but I want you to listen to what I do have to say. So the book of Deuteronomy, and that's like, can anybody tell me what those books are? Genesis, Exodus, Deuteronomy, Deuteronomy. Now, Deuteronomy has to do with God's giving of his word, giving of his law. He gives it during the time that the people of Israel, that he's called out of Egypt, have been wandering around the desert in the wilderness for 39 years and 11 months. How many of you know how much longer they're going to be in the wilderness? One more month, because they wandered for 40 years. It's been 39 years and 11 months. Israel is camped out on the plains of Moab. Moses, the great deliverer, has led his people this entire time, 39 years and 11 months. Moses is 120 years old, and guess what? He climbs Mount Pisgah. Now, we got the Pisgah forest that surrounds us, doesn't it? That's where he got it, right there in the Bible. Pisgah National Forest, that's where Moses climbed Mount Pisgah. 120 years old. I hope I can climb Grandfather Mountain when I, I'm 120 years old. I already know I'm not quite up to Moses' snuff because Moses, at 120 years old, had really good eyesight, and I don't. That's okay. I'm not a Moses. But Moses was the great deliverer of his people. And the Lord did this. 
On Mount Pisgah, the Lord showed Moses the land he had promised to Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. And then the Lord said this. Now listen. I will give it, Moses, to your descendants. I will let you see it with your own eyes. But you will not cross over into it. You see, Moses was not allowed to enter the land of God's promise because of his disobedience. Moses dies, and the people grieve for him for 30 days. That makes 40 years, right? Their period of grief and mourning for Moses is over, and 40 years is over also. Now Joshua, who's taken over the leadership from Moses because God called him to do it, he's been Moses' lieutenant for these years. He, along with Caleb, were the ones who gave the good report when they spied out the land. Of his generation, it's only those two that remain. Now, okay. Now Joshua filled with the spirit of wisdom and the people listened to him as they had Moses. But listen to this. And did what the Lord had commanded Moses. Obedience. Obedience. Now, I want to tell you what, how Moses instructed Joshua. I want to read several things from Deuteronomy and then we'll go to Joshua. But listen to Moses' instructions to Joshua. Be careful, Joshua, to do what the Lord has commanded you so that you may prosper and prolong your days. And in another place, so that you may enjoy long life. That it may go well with you just as the Lord has promised. Joshua, love the Lord your God with all your heart and obey his commands. Obey the commands that I'm giving you today. Huh, this is what I want you to underline in your mind. For your own good. For your own good. Not for me, says the Lord. For your own good. And then again in Deuteronomy. These words, Moses says, they're not just idle words for you. They are your life. They're your life. So, it sounds like God's will for us is our well-being. And his word to us is to be a help, a deliverance, a victory, an overcoming, God's word. So, with that being said, Joshua, as we turn from Deuteronomy to the book that bears his name, his name means, it's really the Hebrew for Jesus, the Lord is salvation. Joshua is told to get ready to cross the Jordan. Why? Because it's time to. 
40 years are up. Moses has been buried. Moses is dead. And there are a lot of enemies that await, a lot of uncertainty. It'd be a scary time for Joshua, a time filled with all kind of important stuff, life stuff. But the Lord says, but you shall meditate on this. Be careful to obey all that Moses has told you. Be careful to obey. Meditate. Don't let this word leave your mouth, but meditate on it day and night. Can you imagine a leader with all the responsibility of all these people and he's going to go out and meditate on God's word? That's how important God's word is, to meditate on it, to not let it depart from your life, from your mouth. You see, what the Lord knows and what Moses has found out is the key to victory is obedience. Be careful to obey everything my servant Moses gave you that you may be successful wherever you go. Be strong and courageous for I will be with you wherever you go. There will be many dangers. There will be many toils. There will be many snares to be faced. But Joshua need not face them alone. And for the next 25 years, Joshua walked in obedience to the Lord. As we flip through all the way over to the end of the book of Joshua, I'm going to read a couple of scriptures there. We're not really studying Joshua. We're just looking at some of the <coughs> things of obedience. Joshua says, it says in this 22nd chapter, you have obeyed me, says the Lord, in all I have commanded you. Wow, what a wonderful thing to be said. And then it goes on to say, so the Lord gave Israel all the land he had promised to Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, and they settled there. The Lord gave them rest on every side and victory over all their enemies. Not one of all the Lord's good promises to the house of Israel failed. Every one was fulfilled. The importance of obedience, the key to victory, the key to life. Obedience is not something we should shun and run from. I noticed all the songs we sang today were about God's grace. And God's grace must come first. We don't sing many songs about obedience anymore. But obedience is not something we should shun. Not something we should run from. But something we should run to and embrace. Now, for embracing obedience, we embrace God's grace. In embracing obedience, we embrace God's grace. C.S. Lewis says this, God cannot give us happiness and peace apart from himself. 
There is no such thing. Obedience is heaven in us and is a prelude to us being in heaven. God has so wisely ordered it that faith and obedience are forever linked together. Obedience is aligning our will to his. And remember, his will is for our well-being. As Moses said, be careful to do what the Lord has commanded you that it may go well with you. Be careful to do everything written in it. Then you will make your way prosperous and successful. Now, I'm not preaching a prosperity gospel here. I'm just preaching the truth. Prosperity. Prosperous. Here's a way I define that. If man's chief aim is to glorify God and enjoy him forever, prosperity can't be measured in what we have, but in whose we are. As John the Apostle says, as the Father has loved me, so I've loved you. Now remain in my love. If you obey my commands, you will remain in my love. Those who obey his commands live in him and he in them. 1 John 3, 24. Success. And you shall be prosperous and enjoy success. What do we mean? By being successful. Well, success is not measured in what we have accomplished, but by our faithfulness to what God has promised. Success is not measured in what we have accomplished, but by our faithfulness to what God has promised. Listen to Paul as he speaks about Abraham, the man of faith. Being fully persuaded, he writes in the fourth chapter of Romans, Abraham being fully persuaded that God had power to do what he had promised. As Joshua, as we read in the last chapters of Joshua, not one of all the Lord's good promises failed. You can't separate faith and obedience. They're two sides of the same coin. Or as the song goes, there is no other way to be happy in Jesus but to trust and obey. There's no other way. This is the way my friend Dietrich Bonhoeffer puts it. Only he who believes is obedient and only he who is obedient believes. He's a lot smarter than me. I wish I could have said that. Listen again. Only he who believes is obedient and only he who is obedient believes. 
He was writing this before he faced his own martyrdom under Hitler's Gestapo in a concentration camp. The obedience of Christ unto death on the cross is a compelling call for our obedience. He was put to death for our sins. He was raised to life for our justification. Christ's obedience is a compelling reason for ours. Andrew Murray, the great preacher, says obedience is central to God's plan of salvation. It's our restoration to obedience. That's the great aim of redemption. As Apostle John says in his letter, everyone who believes that Jesus is the Christ is born of God. God's grace. This is love for God to obey his commands. That's obedience. And his commands are not burdensome, but they are freeing. They are empowering. They give us a place to stand. They make us strong and courageous. His commands are not burdensome, but they're for our own good, as Moses said. So his commands are preceded by his grace. Or we might say that obedience itself is God's grace to us, a channel of his blessings. It is God's work in Christ that frees us to live a joyful life of obedience to the one who loves us and gave himself for us, who delights to abide in us and calls us to obey what he commands. As the Apostle Paul says in Romans, we have received grace to bring about the obedience of faith. Grace comes first. God always provides what he calls for. Jesus says, if you love me, you'll obey what I command. Or another way of putting that is, Randy, Jesus is Lord. <laughs> the writer of Ecclesiastes says this, The words of the wise prod us to live well. They're like nails hammered home, holding all of life together. They're given by the one good shepherd. The last and final word is this, love God. Do what he tells you. That's it. <laughs> Trust and obey. When we walk with the Lord in the light of his word, what a glory he sheds on our way. While we do his good will, he abides with us still and with all who will trust and obey. Trust and obey. And y'all can help me with this. For there's no other way to be happy in Jesus, but to trust and obey. Obedience is the key to the victorious life in Christ. Amen. 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 Amen.